You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back. This is Heather Carroll. We are flying through this. I know. Golly, this segment. I'm Deacon Paul Trinan. We're at the Abbey of the Hills and just right outside of Marvin, South Dakota. I'd say the suburbs of Marvin, South Dakota. And we're, <laughs> oh, we've had this great. The metropolis yeah, of Marvin. We've had this great program where we got to talk to Father, Father, um, Father Paul Rutten, who kind of transported us back in, a little bit back in time and also geographically to Rome and experiencing some of the beauty of our faith with John Paul II, a saint. And then we shifted gears and, and because of obviously the, um, the needs of so many that are around us, the two great commandments, love God with all your heart, soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. When we talked to Ellie through Union Gospel Mission about practical, pragmatic ways to love our neighbor. Yeah. And, um, and now we're going we're gonna to pivot a little bit. Yeah. So now we're uh, heading back to Sioux Falls, and we've got Angela <laughs> Zog on the line. Good morning, Angela. Good morning, Heather. Good morning, Deacon Paul. It's great to have you on board, Angela. Thank you. So for the listeners, why don't you tell them a little bit about who you are? Certainly. I am not a middle-of-the-U.S. person by birth as as far west (laughs) as I am. I'm originally from Michigan. I grew up in um, the thumb of Michigan. And over several years of discernment and prayer, I discerned marriage and ended up meeting my husband online. And he actually is a South Dakota native. So 11 and a half years ago, I moved to South Dakota to be with him and take on the Sacrament of Merit. We have two children that are elementary age right now in Sioux Falls area. I am a sign language interpreter, and that was one of the reasons why it was easy for me to move to South Dakota. My company had a center for my call-based company um, in Sioux Falls. So I was able to make a lateral transfer from Lansing, Michigan to Sioux Falls and um, became a nationally certified interpreter and have been working here ever since. And what? very happy to be a South Dakotan. <laughs> yeah. well, good. We're, we're happy to have you here. We're, we're looking at an interesting story that I, I frankly, I don't know much about this. So, Angela. Surprise morning for Deacon. The story about the communion of the saints. Now, I was the deacon at Mass last night in my home parish and was privileged to be able to give the homily. But I don't think we're talking about exactly the same thing about communions of saints and and what your story is about. Oh, you actually are speaking about someone who could have been celebrated yesterday, though. Really, really. He has his own feast day, but we include him in the All Saints Day celebration as well. Um, Whom I'm talking about is my first baby. When my husband and I got married, I was a little bit older. I was in my mid to late 30s, and so was he, and we wanted to start a family right away. And to our joy, found out that we were expecting um, on the Feast of St. Nicholas that year. We had gotten married in September, and the first pregnancy confirmation was in December, due date of August of 2012. And pregnancy progressed very beautifully. Um, Everything went along normally. Everything was really good. When I was about seven months pregnant, um, I was woken up almost every night by that baby, to get up and have a little snack because that baby was growing and was hungry, and I had a nice rattling on the rib cage telling me that I needed to get up. <laughs> and one night I woke up with a start, and I hadn't been woken up. 
and the baby was very still, and I was very nervous. Um, so I started started praying the Magnificat. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. And at the end of that Magnificat, I said, Lord, if I ever were to have to lose this child, please give me the grace in the moment that I need it. Not thinking any way, shape, or form that anything would happen, but just ask for that grace. So then I started crying, and I reached over, and I told my husband, I said, honey, the baby's not moving. And he said, well, let's start saying in our Father, and we'll see where it goes. And he no sooner said, our Father, who art in heaven, boom, big old kick in the ribs again. That baby just needed to hear his Father's voice, and then was moved. Mm. And so then we moved to um, August. I went closer and closer to the due date. Due date came and went. Everything was still normal. Everything was going great. And I ended up going into labor. I had a pretty quick labor. It was only 12 hours. Well, right before the baby crowned, I passed out, and the heartbeat stopped on the baby. And the two nurses and the attending um, were really upset and worried because I woke up and I came to a minute or two later with oxygen on, and I said, what happened? They said, well, you passed out. And we can't find the heartbeat on the baby, so we're going to have to get um, get an extractor and be ready to take the baby. So they got the baby out. The baby was technically stillborn, but the neonatal staff came in and worked on the baby for 22 minutes. My husband and I, during my pregnancy, did not want to find out what we were going to have, but he knew beyond the shadow of a doubt that I was having a boy. And so as they were wheeling my son over to the corner of the delivery room, um, I said, it's a boy, isn't it? My husband said, yeah, I didn't even get a chance to tell you. It's a boy. So we were really excited, and we had discerned that the baby's name should be Bartholomew um, because one of his grandpa's names was Arthur, but Arthur had already been taken by one of the cousins for um, Josh's cousin's child, and so we decided to still keep that art, but we had Bartholomew in honor of the Wisconsin Apostles. And Bartholomew James Dog came back to life after 22 minutes of resuscitation, thanks to the staff that were in the neonatal unit, and then was moved upstairs to the NICU. Um, and he proceeded to live another five hours. But during the course of that morning, um, my in-laws, who lived in town at the time, Reed and Sally Holiday, came to the hospital and were able to witness with us the baptism, which was administered by Father Kevin O'Dell here in Sioux Falls. But at the end of that five hours, Bartholomew had several heart attacks. He had a difficulty of taking on blood. They were trying to give him blood products. He just was not able to sustain life and ended up passing away on that morning. And that was August 17th of 2012. And So up to this point, Angela, had you known there was anything wrong with your child? Um, was it all just no, during the delivery? Yeah, during the delivery, what it ended up stemming from was that I didn't have good dental health, and the doctors think, um, and and other other medical technicians looked at our case as well. He had a massive infection in his heart, so I had what was called chorioamnionitis, and I didn't know it. But about two weeks before delivery, I had cleaned my teeth really really thoroughly with like. Um, a floss pick and must have dislodged some bacteria and unbeknownst to me the facts around your gums are the same tissue around your heart are the same tissue around the uterus and it somehow crossed the line and he ended up getting a blood infection and a heart infection and I had an infection as well and on that date I actually received the sacrament of the anointing and 
ended up being fine afterward. Um, after my baby had died, about two hours later, Father Kevin came back and wanted me to receive the sacrament of the anointing, and I agreed with him. But I was very, very sick. I had very high level of bacteria in my bloodstream, and I ended up recovering. Um, we did end up burying the baby the next week. He was buried on the feast of St. Bartholomew the Apostle. So all of the timing was very providential. And so since then, St. Bartholomew's dog, my firstborn son, and the Apostle St. Bartholomew have figured very heavily in our life and our devotion to the saints. My. Wow. <laughs> That's really a, quite a story. That's really quite a story. I didn't realize that that was part of the story. So, wow. <laughs> it's a hard one to tell. And, and anytime there's a loss of a child, you know, we don't even have a word in our, in our languages to talk about a family member that loses a child. We have orphans, we have widows but, and widowers, but we don't have a name for a family that loses a child. Yeah. And so it was a very hard cross to carry on our very first year of marriage. We weren't even married a year yet. It was, it was this, you know, 11th month of our, our wedding. You know, we'd only been married 11 months on the day he was born and the day he died. But he has had a very beautiful um, testimony and story of how he has affected lives since he was born. He would be 10 years old now. And so it's been a very rich grace for me to know that he intercedes for our family, but also that we can ask for his intercession and help other families um, who are expecting. He has a very special um, vocation, we believe, in the life of the Church. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I just could not agree more having lost a child that wasn't full term like yours. It's probably about halfway through there and he'd be Aww. he'd be about fourteen right now and um little Jack. We we remember Jack every day in yep. our prayers too as well. So absolutely He's a wonderful blessing. So uh so how do people how did you know, you talked about Father Kevin O'Dell and I've gotten to know Father a little bit over the last several months. He must have been awesome to be, to because be, oh you don't make it through that on your own. You make it through with the help of God, and also with the help of those that, that are your neighbors and your loved ones, right? But the Church Universal, and yeah, obviously Father Kevin helped us tremendously. My husband and Father Kevin had been friends for quite a long time before he and I met, my husband and I met. So Father Kevin did all of our family, our formation for our wedding, and our, our wedding and marriage prep, and mm, then he okay. was the priest oh. who witnessed at our wedding. And so, and we were parishioners at St. Nicholas Parish in T at the time when he was the pastor. And that oh. parish came out of the woodwork for us. We were, we were newly married. We had only been parishioners since just before Easter. And they only had at that time two or three funerals a year because it's such a young and growing parish. Yeah. And, and so those people in that parish just came out of the woodwork for us and helped us. And I actually had friends that came out of the loss of that baby. A good friend who actually is from the Millbank area herself. She's one of the Pulaski girls. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> the oldest one. Um, we, we only have we only have 15 more minutes. We can't go through all the names of all the Pulaski no, girls. No, I can't give all the names of the Pulaski <laughs> people, kidding. but half of them live down in T now. They do, and they do. That, yeah. that friendship started because um, of Bartholomew. Wow. Um, Loretta had gone to Mass at St. Nicholas on, at 9 o'clock on the 19th, and Father Kevin said, you guys have got to pray for this young couple. Yeah. And that friend, after her mom, Loretta, came home, she started praying for me. And I met her three months later, and she had a new baby who was only a few months old. Mm. And her heart was broken for me. Mm. But she became such a source of strength for me, and I've been yeah. really grateful that I know them. 
Well, folks, if you're just tuning in, we're talking with Angela Zog out of St. Lambert's in Sioux Falls. But we need to take a quick break, Angela. When we come back, we're going to dive in more to how you've turned this tragedy into something beautiful. Stay with us, folks. More Real Presence Live right after this. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sappo from Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision offers vision therapy services for children and adults. Symptoms of poor reading comprehension, headaches, tired eyes, and poor coordination can be indicators of eye movement conditions which affect reading and learning. Eye movement disorders are often undetected by school vision screenings and regular eye exams. For more information about how vision therapy can help treat these conditions, our website is www.lumen.vision. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible Study. The Gospel records in Luke chapter 4 that at the beginning of his public ministry, Jesus preaches in his hometown of Nazareth and stuns, absolutely stuns, his relatives and neighbors by his authoritative preaching. The good people of Nazareth are so taken aback that they wind up trying to throw him off a cliff and stone him. Even Jesus' capacity to perform signs and wonders was limited by the suspicions and hostile expectations of Nazareth. Not much of reception from the people who should have known him best. Now think about this. If this happened to Jesus, how much more will it happen to us as we faithfully follow in his footsteps as disciples? Do not be discouraged by sarcasm, hostility, or even persecution by family and friends. The Lord will sustain you in your Christian life, even amid persecution. Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I am Heather Caro. And I'm Deacon Paul Trinan. We're having a wonderful conversation with Angela Zog out of Sioux Falls area. Uh, she's just shared with us the story of the loss of her first child, a mm-hmm. uh, stillborn child. And I, I just can't fathom how difficult that would be, newly married, first baby. Just heart-wrenching to lose your first baby and Deacon you had a great question for me. I mean it was nine months nine months along and I I shared a little bit about an experience my wife and I had losing a child only half that into the pregnancy but it's it's something that it's just it's an amazing event (laughs) it's an amazing component of who you are as a couple and as a family it's Mm -hmm. just it's not something you walk away. It's not something you're supposed to walk away from. But, Angel, you shared something that I just want to show a tip of the hat to Father Odell and the parishioners back in T. You said mm-hmm. at St. 
Nicholas. Saint Nicholas. Saint Nicholas. But you said the, 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 the parish, the parish, the people came out of the woodwork to offer support. And I thought, let's expound on that a little bit. What, because some people don't know what to say to, in, in face of such tragedy, and sometimes they don't say a thing. And mm. what, what, what was most effective for you to help you and your husband at that time? I, I do think that those prayers of all of the parish were very helpful. I recall in particular there were two very sweet, beautiful women who came to the visitation on the Thursday right before we had the funeral. And they were both moms who had suffered instant loss as well. And they shared their stories quickly with me. And over the course of our grieving, my mom reminded me that her second oldest sister, Anne, had lost a baby on the day he was born, and nobody knew why he died. And I remember as a little girl going to the cemetery and visiting her grandmother's grave. And there was a little tiny lamb statue on the top of the grave of her grandma. And we always wondered who that was. And it was Baby Maury. Baby Maury was buried at the same grave as my mom's grandma. And so when Bartholomew died, we actually contacted all of my father-in-law's 11 siblings and said, there's pious tradition of the babies being buried with their grandparents. Is it possible for Bart to be buried with grandpa and grandma's out? And every one of them were just absolutely yes 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 please plan on using the foot of grandpa and grandma's grave for baby bart so bart's marker is at holy rosary in cranford where my husband and i were married and it's at the foot of his grandparents um who were buried there as well so beautiful yes and so and the people at saint nicholas did and then there were other people that sent me letters on condolences and moms who had also lost babies who reminded me that yeah i lost a baby too not in a condescending way but in a way of saying this is your saint this is this is your family's patron who's going to pray for you now for the rest of your life and be there for you and help you to cope and be ready for the next adventure so Bartholomew had a very special vocation, even living for five hours. I still hear from families in Sioux Falls. Father Kevin loves him and talks about him on occasions with families when they need healing. And he actually had a very special ministry. One of the things that we noticed with his prayers is that families who either had struggled to conceive or maintain pregnancies or families that had not necessarily been open to life started to get pregnant and have babies. Hmm. which was really beautiful. And these babies would be born on Marian feast days. What? So the very first one, yes, the very first couple, um, they had not not wanted to have more children, but turned to one another in the week of the grieving for us and found out they were pregnant, and their baby was due at the end of May. The mom went into labor on May 29th, turned back from the hospital. May 30th, turned back from the hospital. And finally... In the night on May 31st, which is the feast of the visitation of the Blessed Virgin Mary to Elizabeth, their baby was born. Mm. Two weeks later, another baby was born on the Immaculate Heart of Mary, which is a movable feast. A baby that was in danger, their mom had been infertile, was and married for eight years. No barriers to children in their, in their marriage, but had never conceived successfully, only one time earlier. And that, that baby was lost shortly before Bartholomew was born. So this next baby, their baby obviously prayed for them, and then their new baby, who is the same age as our next baby, who was born on a first Saturday um, in August, our first live baby, and her name was Laura, and we named her Laura Rosemarie in honor of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Um, 
And then uh, another baby born on Our Lady of Guadalupe, another baby born on the Feast of St. John Youth, who was a proponent of the Immaculate Heart and Mary's Triumph, another baby born on um, <laughs> born on the Feast of, our, of uh, the Our Lady's Birthday, another baby born <laughs> over and over and over again on these Marian feast days. Um, and it's happened, I, I mean, I think at least a dozen times with families that, and maybe more, um, that have had babies and have been pregnant and asked for our prayers and intercession. And they're without fail been born on Marian feast days. <laughs> wow. That's really amazing. That is really, really, that just makes me... I got a big old smile on my face right now. <laughs> Let's talk about okay. So you have two two children that are alive and in yes. in, in the physical sense right now, and, and mm-hmm. rather than the spiritual sense. So how, how do you? And what are their ages? What are their ages, Angela? Uh, my daughter is nine, and then I have a little boy who we were not expecting at all. I actually had a few miscarriages after we had Laura. Um, one. Two of them, actually, back-to-back when we moved to Big Stone, um, when I was in Big Stone City. And the third one that I had um, that was a miscarriage that was kind of a big deal, I had read this beautiful book about um, the communion of saints and decided to ask John Paul the Great to pray for me because my family's of Polish descent. My maiden name was Jankowski. And so my grandma always loved the Pope, and I asked for his prayers. Well, I conceived not one but two, and I had a set of twins that, were conceived, but then I lost right around Easter and um, 2014, and I ended up having the babies um, taken in Millbank Hospital, and so they actually, um, baby Sam and baby Jeff, we were able to keep their remains, and they're also buried with Bartholomew at the Kransberg Cemetery. With so, grandma, great-grandma and grandma. Um, and then, yeah, and then didn't have any other babies again until my son. Um, was born. I, I we moved back to South Dakota. Uh, we had left Mich- for Michigan for like an eight month stint and came back to South Dakota in the end of April of 2016. And like two weeks later, I was pregnant. Nobody knew that was going to happen. <laughs> and my son Jerome was born in January of 2017. So he's actually five and he's a kindergartner. And both my son and my daughter are very aware of the babies in our family because every night we pray a litany of saints. And we keep a picture of Bartholomew, um, not only in the living room with their two infant pictures, but we also keep one of Bartholomew at our dining table. I happen to be blessed enough to have like a corner table that has a bench and in the corner a spot for one photo frame and Bart's picture is in the corner. So he eats our meals with us every day. And my kids are very aware of their siblings that are um, already ahead of them and praying for them from heaven. That's beautiful. And you pray litany of saints. So walk through that. Uh, what does that look like in your in your little domestic church? So we ask for our family saints. We usually ask for you know Our Lady, Saint Joseph, Venerable Matt Talbot, and then we begin the litany of our children. Saint Bartholomew, pray for us. Um, baby Jojo and baby Alex, pray for us. Baby Sam and baby Jess, pray for us. Baby Tony. Um, I did conceive one more baby after my son was born, um, and that one also died in utero, like, within eight weeks. And so I've always had a great devotion to St. Anthony, and my husband wouldn't let me name any babies Tony until the last one. <laughs> so <laughs> I have a whole family waiting for me in heaven. I want to give a shout-out to my mother-in-law, who reminded me that as much as she dotes on her grandkids here, she said, 
in some ways, she's not at all afraid or worried about dying because she's got a whole slew of grandkids that she cannot wait to meet someday and spend time with and also dote and love over. So, um, And my mom is the same way. And the other grandma, Sally, who was president Bartholomew, you know, who has since gone on to her eternal reward, also was very, very blessed and, and helped me so many in so many ways to remind me about those babies who have gone to God. Those Polish grandmas. <laughs> Well, that was uh, my Polish grandma, but Sally's not Polish. Sally's oh, from, she's from Lemon, South Dakota. <laughs> oh, Lemon, wow. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Opposite side where we're at. Wow. Uh, beautiful. She came into the church the year before I met her, and so I had died a beautiful Catholic death. And uh, Sally, Sally Holiday, pray for us, because we miss you and we love you. And I know that she gets the time that she can have, if God's willing, she's gone to heaven already with Bart. And had adventures already. <laughs> so this is your this is your mother in law. I, I have I had two mothers in law. My husband's parents never married, and so um, his mom got oh. married li- a little bit later when he was eight years old. And then his dad got married to his wife Sally um, the year we were dating. So I came to South Dakota for a wedding. <laughs> <laughs> I love date. it. Our first big formal date, we had gone out several times in between. I had visited him between September of 20, um, 2010 until I moved here in May of 2011. But one of our one of our dates was in the first weekend of December of 2010 when he and his, his, his dad and his stepmom got married. And so we had a big, big party and a great time. And uh, Sally, Sally and Reed were the ones who were present at the baby's baptism of Bartholomew passed away here in Sioux Falls. I love it. Well, Angela, we're running out of time this morning, and one overarching theme that I hear um, after talking with you is that it's we need to remember the babies. So my sister yeah. went through two miscarriages, and it was very uncomfortable and awkward because people were like, "Oh, well, that just happens," and they kind of just brushed it off. And I did, mm-hmm. and her and I struggled with that. People just kind of brushing it off. Um, so. Can you speak into that, how important it is for mothers to remember all of their babies? The mom is going to remember, and the mom is going to hold it under her heart. But I think there's such a discomfort in in our culture because we don't value life the way that we did. And because people do have a throwaway culture with babies, miscarried babies are sometimes treated the same way as the babies that were intentionally taken. And it's sad Um, families just need that acknowledgement. And as awkward as it feels for the other person, there's a great relief and welcome in the heart of that parent that has lost Mm. that child. And they do want you to acknowledge, more than often and than not, they do want you to acknowledge that baby. Amen. And that that child mattered. (laughs) Absolutely. Angela, thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure. Deacon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stay, stay on through the break if you could for, for us. But, but, but God bless your ministry to your, your Ecclesia Domestica and to so many others, encouraging them um, to, to look at this communion of saints in light of, of, of a loss, but at the same time, a tremendous, tremendous gain. So mm-hmm. praise be God. Amen. All right, folks, we need to take a quick break. When we come back, more with Deacon Paul Trinan and myself. We'll be right back. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 